Halloween is just two days away, and, like it or not, the organ has always played a part in the spooky sounds of this holiday. Instead of fighting against the stereotype, today we are all in, and sharing organ music we feel is Halloween appropriate. This is the King of Instruments. Today's episode of The King of Instruments has been made possible by Christopher Soar Pipe Organs. Christopher Soar is a full-service organ builder offering new and rebuilt instruments, upgrades, tuning, maintenance, and consultation. Visit them at cspipeorgans.com. Hello and welcome to The King of Instruments. I'm Mark Schultz. I'm Bill Stein. Okay, so let's get the big boy out of the way right now. Playing J.S. Bach's Toccata and Fugue in D minor, this is organist Ton Kopman at the bench of the 1732 Garrels van Leeuwen organ of the Grootkerk in the Netherlands.
It's just not Halloween without Bach's Toccata and Fugue in D minor. Now, let's explore some other musical options for this dark and scary time of year. Michel Corette was an early 18th century French organist, composer, and author. He left us with an organ work titled Grand Chorus with Thunder. The organ is frequently called upon to imitate other instruments, but did you know we can make it thunder? Simply place a board on top of the pedals, and when the thunder cue is found in the score, press the board with your feet, and a cluster of pedals will create thunder. Organist David Britton plays this on the 1987 Rosales organ of Trinity Cathedral in Portland, Oregon. From the recording Gargoyles and Chimeras, that was organist David Britton playing Grand Chorus with Thunder by Michel Corette. When one thinks of elves, our minds tend to drift to the North Pole and the darling helpers of Santa Claus. 
However, elves at Halloween take on a different and perhaps more sinister role. Playing elves by the French composer Joseph Bonnet is organist Peter Crompton. He performs this on the 1933 Hill, Norman, and Beard organ of the Royal Hospital School Chapel in Holbrook, England.
Did you picture some nasty little elves wreaking havoc getting into mischief? That was Elves by Joseph Bonnet, performed by Peter Crumpton. Today on The King of Instruments, we bring you spooky tunes for Halloween. American organist and composer Calvin Hampton, a graduate of Oberlin Conservatory, was a fast-rising star in the organ world. But sadly, he died of AIDS when he was just 46 years old. Hampton composed a set of five dances for organ, and his first, titled The Primitives, fits our Halloween-themed show perfectly. Here's organist Amanda Mole, who recorded this for an Organ Media Foundation YouTube video in 2022. She's playing the 2006 Fritz organ of St. Joseph's Cathedral in Columbus, Ohio.
was organist Amanda Mole playing Calvin Hampton's The Primitives for the Organ Media Foundation. You're listening to The King of Instruments on Classic 107.3. As you'll learn throughout today's episode, the French composers have done an amazing job of writing music fitting for Halloween. Next up is 19th century composer Léon Belmont. Belmont was the titular organist of St. Vincent de Paul in Paris. Like Calvin Hampton, he also died young, succumbing to tuberculosis at age 35. Belmont's most famous organ work is his Suite Gothique a four-movement work that concludes with a thundering toccata in the key of C minor. Playing Beaumont's toccata is Pete Vandersteen on the 1907 Skyven Flentrop organ of St. Peter and Paul Church in Oostende, Belgium.
We just heard the Takata from Leon Belmont's Sweet Gothique, a wonderful addition to your Halloween repertoire. Earlier this month, we celebrated the birthday of Louis Vierne. Vierne's 24 pièces de fantaisie include a very unique work titled Gargoyles and Chimeras. Of course, organists working at large French churches and cathedrals are no stranger to these carvings, and how fortunate to have the selection from the pen of Louis Vierne. Most of us know what a gargoyle is, but not everyone may be as familiar with a chimera. From Greek mythology, a chimera is a fire-breathing female monster with a lion's head, a goat's body, and a serpent's tail. Not something I would care to meet in a dark Parisian alley. <laughs> French concert organist Gaston Littes plays this on the 1878 Femi d'Agassier organ of the Church of St. Francis Xavier, Paris. This instrument has three manuals and 81 ranks.
You're listening to The King of Instruments on Classic 107.3. This month we've been talking about pipe organs in concert halls and their evolution both in Europe and America, and how they grew in size and function right along with the symphony orchestra, with the installation of the Boston Music Hall organ in 1863. These instruments became symbols of the triumph of the arts in this fledgling country. They were sources of civic pride. As the country grew, so did our concert halls, and so did their organs. They became the centerpieces of a town's musical activities, with some of the organists that played them rising up to celebrity status. The organ reform movement arrived in the 20th century, and the organs that resulted served both to reinvigorate interest in the organ, while also not quite standing up to the demands of the orchestral literature. We saw a decline in the interest of pipe organs in concert halls, and many of the major new halls built in the late 20th century didn't include any kind of organ. Older halls with their formerly sufficient instruments were now seen as lacking in the right tone for historic music. Electronic instruments began to appear to take their place when an organ sound was required, but rarely did these instruments ever fit the bill. Sadly, the state of concert hall organs in America was in a bit of a sorry state as the 20th century was drawing to a close. But then, in 1991, in Dallas, Texas, Something happened. In 1991, the Dallas Symphony inaugurated their new concert hall organ, C.B. Fisk's Opus 100. The hall had been open since 1989, with the organ facade in place, but the organ was not yet ready. Audiences had been sitting in the Meyerson Symphony Center and looking at this organ for two years, waiting to finally hear it. And when they did, it set the organ world on its ear. Under the consultation of Robert Anderson, professor of organ at Southern Methodist University, C.B. Fisk and the Dallas Symphony created an instrument that was worthy of the space it inhabited. It could hold its own against the full forces of the Dallas Symphony. The hall was created for music, and the space was adjustable, such that the acoustics could be changed for either a small chamber ensemble or for full orchestra and organ. Michael Kraft is currently the president of CB Fisk and was a voicer in the shop at the time this instrument was built. We really wanted to do something special, obviously, and we knew that the hall was going to be you know, a state-of-the-art acoustic, and we knew it was going to be a fantastic hall. It really has an economy of stops on that organ. You know, there's not hundreds of knobs there, but every knob's very important. What followed was a cascade of new concert halls and new organs. Seattle, Jacksonville, Philadelphia, Nashville, Atlanta, Miami, Los Angeles, Milwaukee, and Madison, Wisconsin, all built new concert halls that included landmark pipe organs. Meanwhile, the renewed interest meant that orchestras in Chicago, Boston, and Cleveland that had no intention of abandoning their hallowed old halls did spend money and time to rebuild or improve their existing and mostly forgotten pipe organs. And it wasn't just in the U.S. New halls and organs sprung up in Paris, Budapest, Hamburg, Tokyo, Montreal, all over the world. I hope you've enjoyed our brief look at Concert Hall Pipe Organs this month. I'm Brent Johnson. Thank you for listening.
You're listening to The King of Instruments on Classic 107.3. Today's episode of The King of Instruments has been made possible by Christopher Soar Pipe Organs. Contact them today to schedule your winter tunings at cspipeorgans.com. Today on The King of Instruments, we present music fit for Halloween. And the French composers have been getting a lot of playtime, so let's move to Switzerland. Swiss organist and composer Guy Beauvais has written some creative and fun pieces appropriate for recitals, and his Hamburger Totentanz is a perfect addition to today's episode. Literally translated, a Totentanz is a dance of death. Listen carefully as Beauvais weaves three extra themes in this piece. We'll tell you what they are on the other side. Organist Martin Setchell performs this at the Christchurch Town Hall, New Zealand, on their 1997 Rieger organ. Thank you. 
from the recording Bonbons for Organ that was Hamburger Totentanz by Guy Beauvais. So, did you pick up on the three musical themes he added? Offenbach's Barcarolle from the Tales of Hoffmann, Beethoven's Furilis, and the Sailor's Chorus from the Flying Dutchman by Wagner. Thanks for listening to The King of Instruments. We'd love to hear what you think. Send your comments or questions to koi at kingofinstruments.show. Some of our musical selections today have had a creepy vibe, some dark, some a bit mysterious, and now for something, well, a bit odd. <laughs> In 2015, organist Diane Luchez recorded an album of contemporary music, and two of these fit Halloween quite well. First is Raga by Mauricio Kegel, and that is followed by Mirabilis IV by Pozzi Escott. Diane Luchez plays the 1959 Moeller Schantz organ of the Cathedral of Mary Our Queen in Baltimore.
we just heard two selections from the recording, Light and Dark and In Between, performed by organist Diane Luchez. To conclude our episode dedicated to Halloween, we return to the French and composer Camille Saint-Saëns and his Danse Macabre, also known as the Dance of Death. Written as a tone poem for orchestra, organist Ken Cowan has expertly arranged it for organ. This is Ken Cowan playing it on the 2004 Quimby organ of First Baptist Church in Jackson, Mississippi. This beast has five manuals and 155 ranks. Join us next week for a program of organ transcriptions. We wish you all a safe and spooky Halloween. Until next time, I'm Bill Stein. And I'm Mark Schultz. Thanks for listening.
Thanks for listening to The King of Instruments. Complete information about everything we've played today can be found on our website, kingofinstruments.show. We'd love to hear what you think. Send your comments or questions to koi at kingofinstruments.show. The King of Instruments is a production of the Organ Media Foundation. Brent Johnson, producer. For more information about us, visit our website at organ.media.